0: Oh, shit. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. Just hold on, buddy
1: boy. I'm gonna die. I'm sorry. Give me your hand. Give me your hand. I can't... I can't believe she killed me, man.
0: Who would have fucking thought that? Hey! Hey, just cancel that shit right now. You're hurt. You're hurt real fucking bad. You ain't dying. I'm gonna
1: die! I'm gonna... Oh, this blood fucking scared the shit out of me, Larry. I'm gonna die, I know it. Oh, oh,
0: excuse me. I I didn't know you had a degree in medicine. Uh, are you a doctor? Are you a doctor? Answer me, are you a doctor, huh? No. No, I'm not. Okay, so you admit it. You don't know what you're talking about. So. If you're, if you're thinking about giving amateur opinion, slide back and listen to the news. I'm taking you back to the rendezvous, Joe's going to get you a doctor, doctor's going to fix you up, and you're going to be okay. Now say it. You're going to be okay. Say it. You're going okay. to be okay. Say the goddamn words. You're going to be okay. Oh, God. Sing the goddamn fucking words. Say it. I'm okay, Larry.
2: Correct. Correct. I'm okay.
1: Okay.
2: <laughs> Nick, I'm really glad you weren't watching Gate while that was happening because that was a whole lot <laughs> it was a whole lot Gentlemen, you can't fight in here this is the war room
0: You can't handle the truth King Kong ain't got shit on me I am the one I am so much crazier
2: I am the one who knocks Go ahead
0: my day. On? Good. Great. Great. Wonderful.
1: All right, Ramblers, let's get rambling, because this is Facing Off. This is a podcast where we take two movies we find to be similar, and we compare, contrast, and rate them. Today, we are comparing Reservoir Dogs to Free Fire. I'm Gabe, but for obvious reasons, you can call me Mr. Orange. Uh, and joined with me is the low life scumbag himself, Long Beach Nick. What's Yay, up? Nice. What's up, Nick? Uh, and we're joined by someone who's been on the podcast before as a guest, but we got such a special announcement because she's no longer a guest. She is one of our hosts. What's up, Layla? Queen hi, Layla.
2: everybody. Woo! You can call me Mister Pink. Uh, oh, hi everybody. I get it.
1: That's sexist, but I get it. Uh, uh, Layla, everybody. the floor is yours. Do you have the an floor acceptance is mine.
2: speech? Do I have an acceptance speech? Uh, I won't. I mean, no. But I'll just say I'm unbelievably <laughs> excited to be joining this podcast uh, and this project with these boys um, full time. And as that we've mentioned like a million times on this podcast, my decade-long friendship with Gabe has just been like a long ode to film and to movies and it's all we do on a daily basis so getting to be able to come on here with these guys and I just love doing this every week it's so much fun for me so it means the world to me and I hope you listeners have as much fun listening to us as I do talking to these boys every single week so thanks for having me and I'm so so excited I'm so excited
1: we're so glad so you accept the terms and conditions completely
2: I do (laughs) I do
1: Great. You have to Just scroll for
2: to legal the bottom of, of the page sure. before you accept them
0: though.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, we're so happy to have you, Layla. You are awesome and uh so excited to be talking about a Tarantino flick and uh, and a Tarantino-inspired flick. Uh, <laughs> yeah. before you get into the synopsis, Nick, our friend Tyler messaged us Which about the Tyler? Tyler Solstrom. Okay. Um he, uh, we got a lot of good responses for our Mandalorian episode. People were really happy that we did that, and they liked the episode a lot. And few responses were like, Layla is awesome. She should be on every single episode." Mm-hmm. And Hi, uh, so that's our plan. Um, but Tyler texted me about the Mandalorian, and he just want this is I wanted to tell you about this, Nick, because um, I'm really glad that you brought up certain points on that episode about like fan service because. People who are really big fans of Star Wars, I know there's a lot of, like, hardcore Star Wars fans out there, and, you know, the three of us are obsessed with the movies and stuff, but there's, like, a whole, you know... I mean, there's a fandom. Of, Yeah, yeah there's, the fandom yeah. is just insane. They'll there's read all the books and watch the shows. So um I wish I had saved where this was in my phone, but he sent a lot of things about how he was so happy to hear... um that you know nick was saying that the the show really provides fan service and there would be little details here and there that like only like real fans would find and they've been so disappointed with you know the divisive last three movies that came out that um, something like the mandalorian was really important to them and it showed that like there were people at the helm that really cared about it and he pointed out that you know Maybe the problems that we had with season one, like, you know, the silliness and the family-oriented stuff and the kind of not great, you know, episodes might have been because it was the studio pushing, you know, it's Disney and um, Disney Plus and and the heads at that, you know, pushing forward these ideas and not listening to the creators. So, um Anyways, that was like I I thought that was a good response and I am happy that you brought it up, Nick, so that there was like one person who was essentially a proxy for the hardcore.
2: Acknowledging, yeah, those people for sure.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna read those books, baby. Read those (laughs) books, loser. (laughs) Uh, Hey, Nick, what happened in these two movies? Give us a short snap. (gasps) Sure thing. Uh, Free Fire takes place in late
0: 70s Boston as a group of ragtag British criminals assisted by an American mediator meet in an abandoned warehouse with a South African arms dealer and his confidant to purchase a bunch of guns. When two low-level henchmen involved in the heist start to fight and shoot at each other, the two groups begin to fight and shoot at each other for the remainder of the movie until the American mediator walks away with the money involved because she set the whole thing up, kind of. Reservoir Dogs is a heist movie in which we as the audience do not see the heist, but instead we watch the aftermath. Six strangers were hired to complete the heist Mr. Brown, Mr. Blue, Mr. Blonde, Mr. Pink, Mr. Orange, and Mr. White. Blue and Brown are killed off screen. Orange is shot in the gut. White takes him to the post heist rendezvous point, an abandoned warehouse, and hopes that the group's benefactor will get Orange some medical attention. Pink is a dickhead who doesn't believe in tipping weight staff, but he does survive the whole ordeal. Blonde is a psychopath who kills several more people than necessary off screen and then tortures a police officer just for funsies. By the end of the film, Pink is shot by the police. Orange kills Blonde and reveals himself to be. Uh, reveals himself to his savior, Mr. White, to be a mole and a police officer before White shoots him and then is subsequently shot by the police.
1: Yeah. Damn. Quick. That's about it. Efficient, and that's about it. And now my brother's uh, probably
0: calling me about the, the coup. So
1: oh, I, the coup d'etat. Oh, the coup. And talk uh, to him yeah, that's, that's cool as hell then. for him to reach out and oh, talk baby. to you about it. Uh, so cool. cool. Well, let's break these cool. two movies cool. down. They're, they're similar for obvious reasons. It's just kind of... Uh, Movies that are mostly contained in a warehouse with people turning against each other and trying to figure out what their intentions are, um, and they're all bad people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in the in the yeah in the uh, yeah.
0: Um, underrepresented warehouse uh, only only taking place in a
1: warehouse genre of movies. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And uh, yeah, so let's break these down and we'll use our rating scale with our five categories. We are going to talk about originality, actoring, eye candy, spectacularity, and legacy. And we use a scale of one to seven for each of those. One is poor, piss poor, it sucks. Uh, and then you move up the scale to four, which is the middle ground. It's kind of average and neutral. And then you move up even higher to the tippy top, and you get to seven. It's uh, perfect. It's it's wonderful. Everything about that category just fucking works overtime, baby. All right, let's start with originality. We never start with originality. This is so fun. We're so different in twenty twenty one. Wow. That's what oh you my god. Up.
0: We have a new co host, and we're starting with originality. Wow.
1: Yeah. How original! Um, wow, Layla, why don't you talk that's about amazing. the originality, the creativity, uh, what makes the movies stand apart from other movies, and start with Reservoir Dogs? Okay, please.
2: Uh, I'm glad you're starting with Reservoir Dogs. Um, I gave <laughs> I gave originality for free fire. <laughs> I gave originality for Reservoir Dogs a six. Um, cause I just think the way that this story is told is completely original to me. Like the, the, you know, so much of the importance of the story and what happened and like the, the chaos you never really see. And it's told through conversations and it's told through flashbacks and that doesn't always work. And I think it does with this movie and the pacing and the writing really aids to that. Um, and I think that a lot of, like, heist movies and, like, action films rely on those really big sequences, and there aren't a whole lot of those in this movie, and this movie's about dialogue, and it's about, um, a lot of the psychological aspects of things and how these people interact with each other, so I I just think that's a really original way to keep people engaged in a movie, like if you just describe the movie alone and what it's about, I think a lot of dudes would be like, yeah, that's that's Quentin, it's dope, that's awesome, let's get in, let's watch this. And I think it would shock them a little bit because I think it kind of tells the story differently than a lot of people that like action movies and heist movies would expect. So I think it's a pretty original movie in that way.
1: Totally. Uh, Nick, yeah. do you concur?
2: <clears throat>
0: I do. I'm, I was between a five and a six because I, I have read a little bit that Reservoir Dogs is like super... Um, super reminiscent of it's pretty uh, derivative yeah it's derivative of uh this one particular movie that i city really on should. fire there you go city on fire
1: yeah and you know with I, uh um sorry go ahead no, no. <laughs> who's in it it's it's uh chow young fat isn't it
0: okay yeah i i just think that <clears throat> if it is that derivative yeah, that's kind of like quentin tarantino's thing he's still able to create like an original movie even though he's either paying homage to or directly taking from another movie like that's you know in a lot of senses that he does that
2: yeah he tends to have like he, a he does that on always movies. he does yeah. that
0: always that's his shtick
1: yeah it's um, like his way of it's like an encyclopedia of movies it's his way of getting people to care about these other things that came before it that he thinks are really cool he's the classic yeah. like video store comic book store um nerd who suggests a lot and he yeah. puts that in his movies
0: yeah Except for he, he's a megalomaniac, so yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: I, think that, <laughs> I think that the storytelling, as far as most people are going to perceive it, is very original. And yeah, it, I mean, it's we'll talk about it in Legacy and stuff, it's iconic too, it sticks with you. You know, it's a movie that needed to be made, it's a movie that stands out in the heist film genre for sure because they're aren't very many of them that don't even show the heist. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I got.
1: Yeah. I, so I'm actually at a seven out of seven. I think, <laughs> um, I get the derivative nature, but it, like I said, I think that, um, I, I, I enjoy that he builds off of things that he really likes, you know, maybe it's not totally original in terms of its story and, and like exactly what happens. um, or or I guess the overall structure, but he inputs his own little details that make yeah. it into his own universe. I also think the way that he used nonlinear storytelling was really revolutionary. Yeah. I mean, we had, I watched The Killing this weekend, one of Stanley Kubrick's early movies that, that Tarantino said this movie is very much inspired by. And that movie is nonlinear as well. But this one is like, I mean, the nonlinear storytelling is insane with this, and this, you know, like birthed the whole Tarantino movement of doing that. But you got to imagine what this movie was like when you first watched it. Yeah. And when I was rewatching it, I I mean, like, I forgot that you have to wait a full hour into the movie to find out that Mr. Orange is a cop, and then you get the backstory. And if you're watching that the first time, it's got to be a crazy twist. Um, I also think the way Mm -hmm. that he does character development in where he doesn't give the backstory at first, but there is so much development over the course of the movie, even when he shifts around things is genius. I thought this was like when it came out and especially what we see now in his movies, this was like the freshest form of dialogue. Like the way that they talked, I mean the first scene where they're talking about like a virgin. And then when they're talking about tipping is just like, I mean, it's like got to have been mind blowing in the 90s, and it's why he became famous. That scene's awesome, too, because Quentin
0: Tarantino got everything wrong in that scene.
1: Yeah, I mean, Madonna (laughs) has talked about it, like how it was wrong, but this is like he does. He also got the whole
0: tipping thing wrong the minimum wage for tipped uh uh in people Yeah, who, like some
2: yeah. of the info is literally inaccurate.
1: Yeah, yeah the, the
0: information is literally wrong, which is just so.
2: I mean, he doesn't I mean, he
1: even he has that whole dialogue bit about Christy Love. And that show doesn't exist. And and what he's talking about, like the details in it aren't true. He just loves Pam Greer and like exploitation films. So he wanted to talk about it in that. I mean, it's all of that. So I gave it a seven because there just had never been anything like that at the time. And, and it created this whole universe. I'll go um, six. I'll go six. We got a, a total of 19 <laughs> for the three okay. of us. But uh, what I about Free Fire? Oh, wait. No, go ahead, Layla.
2: I know. I was just going to say to your point, like, I just think... As you were talking, like everything's inspired off of something. Like The the, the difference being that it's original when you put your own spin on it and you put your own flair on it and you change it and make it iconic. And that's what Quentin does with all of his movies. He has his own stamp. When you see a movie that he's made, you're like, that's Quentin Tarantino. (laughs) So I just feel like it's hard with his movies to not just be like, this is the most original content because... He's he's like, it's similar to Wes Anderson when we talked about Wes. Like, you know a Wes Anderson movie, you know a Quentin Tarantino movie.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, you, you feel it. I, there's a lot of directors that are like that, but those are two of them ones that everyone really yeah, knows that they're watching sure. that. You Whereas when we're talking about Free Fire, this is one that is... <laughs> extremely derivative of tarantino you know it it creates its own stamp and it has this unique approach of only being in the warehouse there it it just never ever leaves that warehouse and i kind of love um contained thrillers essentially i mean you know i I like ones that are even more contained than that um that's a
0: that's a that's a, that's, to, that's a shot for anyone playing the Facing Off drinking game. Anytime Gabe says that he loves contained thrillers.
1: It's <laughs> yeah, so true. I mean, just in general, I talk about that all the time because I really do. Um, but I, I don't know. You know what's interesting is like I, I watched the movie and I was like, eh, it's not that original. It's not that creative, but it's like it works. You know, it's simple yeah. in design, but it really works. But then I I read the Wikipedia plot summary because sometimes I just do that if, like, say, I looked at my phone or something during it and I missed something. And (laughs) the story, when you write it out, is actually pretty interesting. And the way that the characters interact is so much more interesting than what I saw in the movie. Yeah. It's such a bizarre thing. So But I, isn't I that
2: know. like not a good thing no, it's for the definitely film? Not a good, that like I mean, reading yes. the Wikipedia page gave you a better take on the it's, movie It is, is the horrible for the movie. film. It's why I'm
1: giving it a I'm giving it a two out of seven. Okay. I okay. it, yeah. I'm not gonna give it a one <laughs> because I do think that the fact that they were able to keep your interest in this warehouse was cool and I like the character writing for that. But I mean it's really derivative and I, I mean, there's even a line where a guy goes, I'm fucking grieving here, which is just, I'm fucking dying here from it's Reservoir so Dogs.
0: Rid- it's so ridiculous because it's like, this is like, like you you said this earlier this week, um, or maybe the weekend when we were talking about this. This is like the the um, prototypical, like stereotypical version of our, our podcast. This is like a bad version yeah. of Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. It just doesn't work. And it's so... It's so trying to, it's so oh, trying God. to make yeah. make the Reservoir Dogs the thing movie. work. Where you like, it's like no, no, no. We're not gonna really give you backstory on all these characters. You're gonna have to figure it out yourself. But we're the not problem do is, anything.
1: the problem is well, you no can't. Point. You, you never learn anything. about Yeah, them. you can't
0: figure it out by yourself because you can't like <laughs> read the Wikipedia page while you're watching it, or like read yeah. their minds. It doesn't translate to the screen, and it's like. That's a cool idea. The whole thing is a cool idea. I, You know, I remember when yeah. the trailers came out for this. I was like, yeah, I'm down with that. I never watched it until now. Yeah, you're
1: down with OPP. I'm down with, with,
0: yeah, okay. Yeah. I wasn't, <laughs> <laughs> nice it try. just doesn't work. It doesn't end up working. I love this though. I have a new segment I'm going to introduce, incredibly dumb IMDB trivia. This one was one of my favorites. Says for free fire. We should
2: always do that. I actually love random trivia about movies. I love the ones we that try
1: aren't, to insert them. But I yeah. love the ones that
0: aren't just random, but they're like actively stupid. Yeah, where <laughs> you're little, like, really dude, obvious, or are you, you don't an care? idiot? Like, yeah. or like this one is Wheatley described games like Counter Strike as a source of inspiration for the film. You mean games with guns? What do you mean games like Counter Strike?
1: (laughs) Counter Strike doesn't have like a good storyline or anything. No, you mean games where
0: like when, (laughs) like in the early 2000s, kids were like playing them in
1: like
0: weird internet. But also, I just feel like like this movie
2: is like, it's like an insult to Counter Strike because the way that like they fucking (laughs) shoot in this movie is obscene. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or Counter Strike. Just so Um... absurd.
0: I, I, I went three okay okay well so i went three
2: two but i'm now gonna go two because i'm even more pissed (laughs) off about this movie as we're talking about it um i yeah i'll give it the like little bit of credit i can for the fact that it's i I don't maybe i'm just mistaken and i don't watch enough of these but i don't know if i can remember a movie where an entire shootout is and all of it's just filmed in like one like one like place (laughs) and maybe that's Maybe that's um, just me being naive, and there are others. But for me, that felt original because I've never seen a movie like that before. But pretty much, other than that, no, yeah. <laughs> None, not to the dialogue, yeah. not to the directing, not to uh, nothing man, we'll, else about this movie we'll is original for me. <laughs> so yeah, nothing about nothing about the rest of it is original to me. It is just them trying to like play off of other directors and movies and lines and tropes and things like that. So totally two. Yeah. All
1: right. So twos and uh three from Nick, uh, let's yeah. move on to actoring. Let's talk about the performances in these movies and whether the writers are, and directors, um, are we staying on free them. fire? Yeah. Let's, we'll, let's start with free fire. What's the
0: deal with Jack Rainer's,
1: whole shtick Dude, in this movie. Dude, what is he what, what is, is he the outfit? Doing? Why does he have that hair? What the hell Why is Why does, that does he look like, like Slash but if Slash like retired early... <laughs> He had a slash retirement in his the 20s.
0: worst vaguely east coasty accent, north north Englandy accent.
2: But ever. also why does he play such shit people? Like he was for <laughs> th- listeners, he's the same guy in Midsomar. he was just yeah. a piece I, of well, I I
1: think he's really good at that role in Midsommar, but he, obvi- like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so good, but like dude, it also he sounds like Seth Rogen in this. Like he's doing he a Seth Rogen voice. Anyways, yeah. Keep going, like, Nick. <laughs> what else did you think about the acting? Outside of him, I don't think
0: there's a, a necessarily a bad performance, but I, mm. I think it's poorly written and directed, or at least yeah,
2: at, at yeah. the yeah. very <laughs> least poorly executed.
0: So that yeah. by the end, you're like not really sure why you just watched this or why it was made. <laughs> you're just like, wait, why, why, why? And I Although just thought um, it was an
2: hour and a half. Yeah, I, I
0: mean, that, yeah, I'm in between Sorry, a, a, a three and a four because I don't think that the the acting is bad, but I can, you, you guys are gonna think it's bad, so go.
1: I so, I will start with a positive. Um, I think that this movie really wouldn't work if you didn't. Ha- There's two actors in it that I think do an incredible job at like making sure the movie isn't awful, and they fit <laughs> the story really well. And I think that was Charlton Copley. And Army Hammer, and I yes, think those are that my two people. If yeah. you didn't, because I love Killian Murphy, I, I I like Brie Larson, and I like some of the other actors, but I just don't think that they were as effective at keeping this movie from being shitty. And I I love the energy that Charlotte O'Copley brings to the movie and makes it kind of it, it makes it funny and absurd. And he's using his real accent, and I love that. And then Army Hammer is just almost there to point out the absurdity of the situation. Yeah. And so I, I, I think that's actually good writing for him. And I think it, he, I don't think he's great at acting in it. I just think that he's having so much fun with the role. And I mean, like, I love when he's just calmly ripping a joint when everyone's shooting at <laughs> yeah. each other and stressed out. It's awesome. But I will say, I have a series of questions that, that cause me to not like the performances. So my main one is, who came up with Sam Riley's character? So Sam Riley's the one who bottled that girl the night before, which I found out just means God. he broke a bottle and, like, slashed her face and stuff, and sexually assaulted her. The one that's,
2: her. like, a meth addict or whatever the fuck he is So he's doing. supposed Heroine, to be,
1: like, a druggie, but they give him these, like, absolutely absurd lines. Like, he says, I look like I tried to fuck a reluctant panda bear. Talk about fucking taking a sledgehammer to crack a nut. And then he's like... Oh, no, this is Jack Rainer. We're just like, there's more blood on the floor than a fucking sausage factory. They're just slipping in these lines that people just wouldn't say in this situation. Uh, You know, we already asked about Jack Rainer. What is with Noah Taylor's like insane accent in this movie? Noah Taylor, for anyone who doesn't know, he's in like Game of Thrones and stuff. Just look him up. But his, his accent is just fucking absurd. He's a Welsh actor, and it, he it does this like Philadelphia slash Boston accent, and it's absurd. Uh, what was the point of the bucket hat, dude? What, who wrote him into the movie? Like, what? He's, he has no purpose. He doesn't even survive. He's like the first one to die. And then also, like, if that Martin guy was so important to the story, why did we get nothing on him before he got shot in the head?
2: Oh, yeah, no, like Black these, Panther. These are guy. questions. Yeah. These
1: are all questions. I had it out of four because of Shaito, and and I think that most people are actually fine. It's so it's like average, but I might go down to a three because I'm kind of mad.
0: <laughs> I see. I think the yeah. writing. I want to counter that real quick. I think the yeah. writing. I didn't find it that the like quips that problematic because I quickly realized that the movie was just like a silly shoot 'em up.
2: Yeah, and that's I, fair.
0: You know, I didn't want to take it too seriously, but. I don't know. But
2: what? we could argue that aside from the quips, like, the way that they wrote the interactions yeah. and the actual, like, storyline yeah. itself yeah. just was inconsequential and made no sense. Yeah. Um, so I, I actually teetered between a 3 and a 4 too, and I'm definitely going to give it a 3, but I teetered towards a 4 because these are all – this is a great cast. Like, it's a really yeah. great cast of great actors who <clears> – <throat> Put in amazing performances and other things, and they didn't do bad. It wasn't like one of those movies where there's just a bunch of like shitty actors in it or yeah. something. So I'm close to giving it an average score. Um, I have to say that I hated Brie Larson in this movie. Like I, I don't Could know why not stand her in, in this movie. I don't know why she was in it. It was awful casting. I don't. I think I'm just over Brie Larson she can't do a specific typecast for me and it just doesn't work. It's the same thing for Captain Marvel. It's someone who's like trying to be a badass and like yeah. it doesn't work for her. I'm sorry. Like I don't, it's, or maybe it doesn't work for me when I'm watching her, but I just am like, stop. <laughs> like every time I see her in like an indie role, like in Short Term 12, she's incredible. incredible. So good. Incredible. Obviously in Room, she won an Oscar for that movie. She's top tier young actresses, but... For some reason, every time you put her in a role where she has to be like cool and make like cool quips and lines, I'm just like, shut the fuck up. Like it's not believable for me it's like at her all.
1: Cockiness acting.
2: She makes it. this yeah, one exactly.
0: face when she does it too. Yes. And I'm just like, dude, mm-hmm. yeah,
1: it's that fucking smirk. Mm-hmm. It's that like smiley smirk. smirk. It's dude. the
2: smirk. Yeah, exactly. Work. So I didn't I didn't like her in this. I thought it was bad casting, I thought it was bad writing for her, and also just bad acting. So I think that brings it down for me. Army Hammer carries this movie for me yeah like i was cracking up because he's just i mean i don't know if it was him or the writing of his character but it's it's beautiful how nonchalant he is throughout this whole movie and he keeps me engaged i care about what's happening because i'm like what's army doing <laughs> where's he at <laughs> is he smoking hey, a joint in the to? corner <laughs> um so yeah i mean i'll, I'll stick to a three because i just don't think it's worthy of being average i'll but, say three um, as well but, yeah, that's where
1: I'm at. All right. But w- let's talk about Reservoir Dogs. And I, you know, personally, as a huge Tarantino fan, uh, I could probably wa- talk about, like, the actoring of Reservoir Dogs for a two-hour podcast because I, I just Shocking. love the <laughs> – Yeah, seriously. I- there's
0: almost nothing love- you can talk about for two straight hours. I don't – I couldn't name anything else. <laughs>
1: that I- it's – yeah, I talk a lot is what they're getting at. Um, my mind is catching up to that. Uh, I don't know. I mean, this just has like pretty much the coolest character creations I've yeah, seen. Yeah, for sure. And, you, you know, like maybe you get a little bit more in some of his other movies. But like, for instance, Mr. White, like has there been a cooler character outside of the wolf that Harvey Keitel also plays than Mr. White? He's so fucking cool in this. and. The chemistry that him and Tim Roth have is, is great, you know, and it starts with anguish, and you just kind of like build to a point where you can understand why Mr. White is loyal to him. um I will say Tim Roth is he's good in this, but he kind of sounds sometimes when he's talking, not even when he's going into his character as Mr. Orange or whatever is the, the guy who's undercover, but just when he's talking and trying to figure out like with the other cop, he kind of sounds like a Norwegian cop, like from that, uh, (laughs) SNL sketch with Fred Harmson. Um, he does. It's, it's Uh. tough, but, uh, I will say two of the people that I just love in this movie, they're so good. Are Steve Buscemi as Mr. Pink and, uh, Michael Madsen as, uh, Mr. Blonde. Oh God, so I mean, and Michael Madsen, especially like he didn't want to do what he has to do in this movie. When he's torturing the cop, he felt really uncomfortable because he just became a dad. And he interesting. Was so fucking good. Like I, the way he delivers the line, like I said, are you going to bark all day? Little doggy. Or are you going to bite? Like he's just, he fucking brought his own soda onto the set for that. Just <laughs> to do that scene. Um, it's it's really interesting because when they go into the backstory of him, they almost humanize him. When he's talking to Joe for yeah. the first time, he just seems like a normal person, and then he just becomes such a sick piece of shit later.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, he's just trying to like get a job, right?
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, and then you're and, like, and, and, oh, he can't he's... hold down a job because he's a straight up psychopath. Yeah, because
1: he's like yeah. peaceful. I can't believe anyone like that would ever get let out of prison, <laughs> but he. <laughs> Another one I want to shout out, like, I fucking love Chris Penn, and I think Chris Penn is just really going after it in this movie. Yeah, that's like, his own jumpsuit. Larry's – Yeah, that, that jumpsuit is so great. <laughs> Larry, stop pointing that gun at my fucking dad! He's just so – Dude, he's just <laughs> having a blast. I miss him. Um, I will say that Quentin Tarantino and Lawrence Tierney are not good at acting in this movie, no. and it almost <laughs> – I think it I think it kind of brings it down to a six. Did
0: you guys read the, the – uh,
1: uh, IMDB trivia mm.
0: for reservoir. oh Arts. that
1: Laur- yeah that Lawrence Tierney <laughs> he just fucked up all the time and he, he d- and he fucks yeah. up in one of the scenes and he then they let him keep lines. going
0: yeah he couldn't memorize his lines couldn't and they get it down. like dude you gotta go He's just, hot, dude. Just get out of here man just wait finish? what did you
1: give this you're not Mr. You Purple you're Mr. It? Pink some guy on some other job is Mr. Purple um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, gave, I think I'm gonna give it a six out of seven Okay. Oh, really? No. The characters are so cool.
0: See, I went seven because Lawrence Tierney and and Quentin Tarantino have so few lines that I'm like, yeah, that's
2: yeah. Fine. I feel like it's okay Quentin. to not Tarantino count them if that's like why you're
1: going forty down. lines at the beginning of this movie.
2: Yeah, it's unfortunate, but we forget about it. Yeah. Yeah,
1: he's not like
2: We ignore it. <laughs> he's not like look, ruining
1: anything though. I that love scene. that Mr. Blue, the guy who used to be a robber in real life was like better at acting than these two <laughs> yeah. people who had acting school. Like I Tarantino that, went to acting
0: school. I love that Tarantino <laughs> wanted to be Mr. Sonic. Pink. Like was I know. So, and he was, so like, and Steve
1: just, Buscemi like had to prove it to him. I'm like, dude, you would have fucked this whole movie. You up. would have, it
0: would have been such a not great. It would have been so unfortunate if he had been Mr. Pink that yeah. whole time. Oh the only character that survives is Quentin Tarantino.
1: Get out! I think I will give man. it a seven. I, that's a good point. Like, I, I can't really bring it down because of the two of them. But
0: yeah, I mean, I went seven. There's, I don't think you you covered it. I think that Steve Buscemi is a revelation in this, and 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 uh, so good. Yeah. I, I'm okay with, with some of um some of Roth's uh not so great American accent moments.
1: It's his phys- his physical acting is so good and this so that good. I I just forget about it.
0: He's so good at dying. Forget about it. He's what so about you,
1: uh Layla? Uh, uh
2: I mean I'll give it a seven. I will. Well it, it, it's like it's I mean it's I it, I don't know. It it's iconic. Seven. A six
0: and a half?
2: It yeah I'm like I feel like it just like personally I'm closer to a six, but I can acknowledge that it is a seven. Does that make sense? do
1: six point five we've had decimals okay.
2: We'll do some decimals <laughs> here um no it's it's like it's just some of the best like character writing out there, like just these each individual character is so well written and put together, and each of these actors does such a great job taking that on and carrying out that role. I mean. everyone's perfect in their role in this movie. I have some, I have a take that I feel like you guys are going to hate and I I also kind of hate it coming out of me, but um, as much as, as much as you're
1: going to be demoted to guest, if, if it's,
2: (laughs) (laughs) I, I think he's like one of the greatest actors ever and I love him, but I personally have a hard time listening to Steve Buscemi talk. Uh, That's funny. He annoys the shit out of me when he talks, um, and I think it's just me. Like I, I fully see how incredible he is, and I see he's how well American he can hero. take on a character. Uh, he's incredible. I get it. Um, look up but,
1: him at nine eleven, Nick.
2: Oh, he, yeah, he is. He's a firefighter. F- fucking yeah, he's bitch, he's an incredible man and great. And I loved him in Boardwalk Empire too. I want to. Oh, you have seen Boardwalk, Boardwalk Empire? Empire?
1: Yeah, of course. Oh, thank no tangents. Oh, I know. Sorry. <laughs> we god. just start talking about, Board Can we talk Empire about Boardwalk Empire. Two hours, please. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. Um, no, that's I fair.
2: Just, and I think that's. It's okay. not a real critique. I'm giving it a seven. I just personally, there were definitely moments when I was watching this movie where I was like, "Can he stop shrieking the way that he talks?" Like it's just uh, a but it's so perfect
1: it's, for his character. Yeah, I know,
2: I know, and it's a part. It's a huge part of it. He's supposed to be like a neurotic, crazy, annoying character that's like freaking out, and I get, and it adds to it. It, it amplifies it. Um, but. I also just hate Quentin Tarantino as like a human (laughs) I just really don't like him uh, he's. I find him obnoxious and annoying, and every time I see him at an award show, I want him to stop talking. So just even seeing him in that first scene, I'm gonna start working on so a hard. Quentin
1: Tarantino impression because I watch a no, lot of his interviews. And please don't do it. I'll do it.
0: Worst. I don't
1: Absolutely.
2: want it. Let's we'll move on. It's uh, funny.
0: That, hold on. I wanted to. I don't know where to. I can spread this out into different categories, but I do want to highlight that this has to be one of his best directing jobs that he's done. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, what
2: are you talk about in spectacular. Oh, I tend to talk about directing. Yeah, let's
1: talk about that later. But, okay, okay, but clarify that. Um, let's talk about eye candy. Let's talk about the visual elements of these movies. Um, Say so anything visual. We could stick with Reservoir Dogs. Um, this is so interesting because Reservoir Dogs is such a small budget. This might actually be one of the lowest budgeted movies that we've done on this podcast. Yeah. Um, because it was only a little over a million. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's he, what
0: I'm talking about with his directing. Like, he was able to squeeze so much out of that budget. I mean, it's a so masterclass
1: much. in budgeting. I mean, the only person who could have done better and who has done better in terms of budgeting is uh, Steven Spielberg because he's just like a crazy person when it comes to the budget. But. You know, it, it really comes through. I think the editing is really good in this movie. Um, there isn't a lot of editing, but I, I think it is good. Um, the scene where it's going back and forth between Mr. Orange practicing his story and then telling the story. And then it's him in the room telling the story. The, the way that Tarantino decided to do that, where he's telling the story to the cops, is so cool where he's in the story but he's telling the story to the people in the fucking story it's just it's it's crazy.
2: It's one of um, the best sequences in the movie for me. Yeah, definitely. For
1: sure. It is kind of weird that you have to, you like wait really long to get that, but I do think there are visual things that are cool early on. Uh, you know, a lot of people have uh, copied him in the way that he spins around characters, especially in the diner scene the at the beginning diner is scene. very slow. Yeah. The way that the camera moves in the warehouse sometimes is as if it's another character in it. Yeah. Um, there's that really cool shot that follows Mad or not Mads? Sorry, uh, Michael Madsen's character, Mr. Madsen. Blonde. <laughs> they follow him outside as he goes and gets the gas canister, and they show you how secluded it is and how no one's going to be able to help that cop. And it's just a really cool visual thing. Um, the shot of the cop's head really close, and it's, like, blurred so that his head is close to the camera and, Steve, or, uh, and Mr. Orange is also in frame is so cool. Um, I know that he definitely he copied that from something else because he does that with his <laughs> shots. Um, I will say, unfortunately for me, it's a little early in his career in terms of how he became such a good visual director over time when he worked with Robert Richardson, so... I it's not a seven for me, and it might not even be a six for me. I might go down to five.
2: Honestly, I gave it a five. I definitely gave it a five. Okay. I don't. It's it's a hundred percent above average, and it's it, it's a great visual. But I mean, part a huge the the thing that makes this movie as iconic as it is is the dialogue and the way that these actors portray these characters and how they interact with each other. It's just a bonus that it has an incredible director that can see the way we should see these people interacting with each other, mm-hmm. and so like it's great visuals. It's not extraordinary. It's not like the greatest, even him within his own films has done better visuals than he does with Reservoir Dogs. And that's just, it's not like a huge critique of the movie. It's just, it was early in his career. He hadn't learned more about it. It's also just not a movie that requires a whole lot of visual work, but the, the moments that do require it are great. Like, scene you're talking about where you see him in the bathroom and it flips back and forth between the storytelling. I love the diner scene because it's like we're moving with them and seeing everybody reacting to every line and to every moment that's happening. Um, It amplifies how fun that moment is for everybody sitting at that table. So um, I did give it a five just because I don't think it's one of the most visual films of all time.
1: Yeah. Five is still great out of seven.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So
1: I went six... Because
0: I think that what I think that what he's able to accomplish, you know maybe it's not maybe maybe it's not one of his best directed movies, maybe it's one of his best movies that he's produced because I think he's a producer on this
1: movie as well, yeah, so he, he self produces yeah,
0: because what he's able to squeeze out of what he's got, so the costumes, for example, all of those all of those suits um are donated by someone who just really liked uh, like American crime movies. He was able to finagle and get get that and make that work. The Chris Penn's sweatsuit works so well for that character and it's so visually different from everything else you're seeing and it's just like some like weird article of clothing that Chris Penn owned. Like he was yeah. like, no oh, that's perfect. Let's use that. Like just some of the choices and what's what he's able to squeeze out of it. The fact that like Tim Roth's gut wound bleeds at the rate that a gut wound would bleed. They had like a person on set who was like
2: I oh got the amount of blood at the end. He's just laying in that pool." Honestly, of blood. that makes
1: me feel better that you could bleed that much and probably still survive. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they had someone there that was like, yeah, he would probably bleed this much. The problem was they had so many takes and Tim Roth was just laying there so long that he would just like... Yeah, he would stick to it. He'd be like glued to the floor (laughs) and they'd have to like (laughs) scrape him off because he's stuck in his own syrup. Like just things like that. Like it's just the little things that were able to like make this movie work in a way that almost no other movie that I can think of work. So I, I like
2: fully support that. Yeah. I'm, clo- I w- I'm close to going to a six, but I'm sticking to it. So five. I went.
0: But yeah, that's all I will stick
1: to it as well. Just because I, I just like his other movies visually so much more Definitely. that I just yeah. have to bring it down a good amount. But still, five is above or slightly above average. Let's yeah. talk about the eye candy in Free Fire. Um <laughs> I mean, there's not, like, a lot to say because I, don't, I feel – I don't – I think this movie was, like, $25 million budget or something, which is a lot more, but it's also, like, you had to pay the actors a lot more at that point and – plus uh, there's
2: like a whole lot of action that's actually happening in yeah
1: there's movie. a lot of exactly and you don't really get a lot of the action in Reservoir Dogs you do when they go back to what happened after when they're like running away but it's not like this where you're shooting all the time and you all these scenes, different yeah. wounds. yeah I will say the <laughs> use of
2: all, all these, these different all wounds these, literally all though. these
1: wounds all these, look at all these wounds um, <laughs> yeah, I, but I, I will say the use of space in this movie is really cool like the way that they yeah keep it in the warehouse and you see every little bit of this warehouse even if the production design is pretty stupid like i didn't even know what kind of warehouse it was until later and they, there was like the broken umbrella so then you're like oh it's an umbrella warehouse and you can see it on the wall at one point yeah it's an umbrella Wait, is warehouse. it really i yeah. did not pick up on that uh there's
2: <laughs> it's
0: like funny because of all yeah. the like yeah it's like yeah. raining at the end
1: but uh, there, there's like a couple shots that I really like there's a there's a shot that is following them on the ground it's like crawling at ground level which is pretty cool I don't know uh, necess- I don't really know how they did that but it was cool I like that they don't make any of the violence or the shooting unbelievable so like you know it's fun in Tarantino movies when uh, he like has blood spurt in an absurd way but sometimes that also kind of bothers me whereas this one like Okay, Layla has a question.
2: I have, my, I have my hand up because... It was unbelievable to you? It was unbelievable in the other direction. Like, in Quentin Tarantino, it makes it look gruesome and way more awful than it actually is. But in oh, this, this movie, one people are getting like- shot in like a million different places and they're, like, and they're moving around and they're still joking around Sorry, like that's, it's cool. I would
1: say that's more like the directing and acting than like, I, I thought visually it looked real when they got like hit and stuff and like their shots sure. would okay. like, that's fair. you know. I just don't even know. I guess something. we'll talk
2: about it in spectacularity at some point, but like, yeah, go ahead.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, that was kind of, <laughs> that's kind of my point. I mean, that's true. I just like, I can't so really i eye for that.
0: So yeah. Each many. character
1: is like maimed. Flesh wounds. So yeah. many
0: flesh wounds. Yeah. What all
1: about all those you guys? flesh wounds? What do you think about okay, move on. Uh what did you think about I the eye gave candy? it
2: wait, why did you give it? Gabe? Yeah.
1: Oh I gave it a three? I gave it I, I gave thought it everything. was only slightly
2: Oh, low.
0: we're all on the same page. Next category. Yeah. <laughs> wait,
2: <really? laughs> Done. All right, we're good. I I don't. I don't have anything anything, else you want to point. Yeah, I don't have anything else. I mean, not
0: really. I think that it's so un like it. It's just such a shame that the 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 idea of having it in a warehouse could have been so cool, but then you packed it full of useless characters, and and the the impact literally the impact of a gunshot is meaningless in the movie.
1: Yeah. So you're just Even like, the guy who gets shot in the head eventually like gets Yeah,
0: up. he's still like up and you're like,
1: Ugh. like guys but and
0: the guy goes, Oh that's what a brain looks like. Show us the brain. I dare
1: you. Yeah. Show, show us, fucking, us that brain. Yeah, man. you're gonna swear the whole movie, but you're not gonna show us Show brains me us that-,
2: that man's
0: brain.
1: Yeah. What's up, Layla? <laughs> I
2: have an actual I have an actual visual point that I just thought of. Yeah. I also remember thinking at the beginning of the movie that I really didn't like that I couldn't tell when it was set mm. initially. Because mm-hmm. their, like, costumes didn't help me, like, at all. Yeah, like, what
1: is I mean, Brie Cople- costume? It's definitely got to be se- late 70s, early 80s. It's I 19, think you said it was, Nick. It's 1978. Didn't know that. Yeah, you said it
2: when you
0: yeah.
1: – yeah. exactly. I mean, I, I, mean, but, I can like, see that in the costuming, especially, had to read like, what Killian Murphy and Charlto Copley are wearing.
2: Once – but, see, once they talked about, like, why they needed the guns, I understood. Yeah, but, the, like uh, IRA. Yeah, but it really did take me a second because some people just dress like that. Like Brie Larson wasn't necessarily dressed in any way that like I wouldn't see someone still maybe dressed. So totally. I, I just feel like you could have identified that a little bit more to give you give the setting and the time and to create – that environment,
1: but I agree, costuming could have been really great for that movie. Well, oh, that's why Jack
0: um, Rayner looks like that. yeah, like
1: 70s but still, thing. why does Jack Rayner look like that? I don't know. That's the problem. <laughs> All right, let's talk about spectacularity. Yeah. Let's talk huh. about how engaging the movies were. Um, whether you were fully engaged, or the runtime was too long, or you were bored and on your phone. You know, I suspect neither of these movies are going to have a problem with runtime. They're both uh, very short.
2: Mm-hmm. Which I loved.
1: Concise, which I love. Yeah, but let's we'll talk about uh, Free Fire, Layla. Kind
0: of. Free Fire <laughs> is the longest hour and a half long movie I have ever
1: watched. Oh, really? You felt that? Yeah, I still,
2: yeah. I'm surprised you felt that. I still felt like it was f- like good short, where I was oh, like, "Oh, really? Thank God it's like it's it's wrapping up." I just up. watched finally a three
1: and a half up. hour movie the other day, so I just don't care about runtime anymore. Yeah,
2: I think it doesn't help that like that all this last weekend I watched like award contenders, and they were all like two two oh. and a half hours long. Cool, so I was guys. like, "Yes, like
1: Wonder Woman '84." That your, award contender.
2: Your... <laughs> Shut the fuck up about that movie. Um...
1: <laughs> I could <can> never.
2: <laughs> what. <laughs> um so what good. are we doing spectacularity?
1: yeah let's talk about spec uh,
0: fi- I, I honestly felt like it dragged and I, okay. I and i never think that about movies that are this short and i was like dude can this just be over like what is this movie that i'm watching why is it so i definitely like it's executed so poorly
2: yeah i, to- I kept saying like what is happening over and over again yeah. like i just i when you have to question a movie that much like how good can it possibly be <laughs> Um, I gave it a three just because it is a film filled with like all action. Like there's just literally, there's, there's really like no dialogue (laughs) at all. So just for that like I mean, I was definitely engaged with the fact that like every two seconds someone would get shot. So I was like, oh my God. (laughs) But, um, I was pulled out constantly by all the loopholes and crap of the movie. Like someone got shot literally in their fucking hip. And they kept moving like, no, that's not a thing. It's not possible. You wouldn't be functioning. Yeah. A guy that got shot in the head got up and like resurrected. Like it's just. Yeah. I
1: mean, he slowly died. It just, after,
0: which is right? kind of funny. Honestly, one of the better parts of the movie for me is when he gets when up. When he gets up, like, Is so
1: great. It's yeah. really funny. But I, uh... then he
0: just starts acting like not a guy who got shot in the head. Like just like a well, guy, no, maybe. he
1: he does because he's like super delusional. Like he has he no really idea like, what the out fuck out is it, happening. He doesn't. He's actually really a guy have, like, who got struts.
0: hit in the head, not shot in the top. But then of he his like
2: head. goes. There's like that side storyline about how he's the one who hired the people to shoot everybody right. out so they could like keep all their in. shit and like he like walks over to the old white guy and lays next to him and is all sad that he's like dying. And it just is like very confusing and you don't understand why. And then there's like (laughs) the random Brie Larson's like the eye of both of the guys on each side's like, they both want her really badly and like, Killian Murphy is like all about taking her on a date. And I'm very confused by that. There's no chemistry between them whatsoever. And I'm they're just both like, hot. Why? You don't
1: need chemistry. Man.
2: Apparently that's all you need. Um, yeah. So I just, We're it's not, it's not a great beings, movie.
1: Dude. <laughs> uh,
0: that character was supposed to be Olivia Wilde at first. Oh,
2: that's that's such a better fitting
1: role fucking great that would have been
2: amazing
1: agree yeah i there are a few things that really take me out of this movie like one thing this director so wishes that he was tarantino with needle drops because tarantino is one of the masters at the needle drop like just perfectly selecting a song for something this
2: director by the way if people don't know who he is or whatever i didn't either i looked him up he has like no resume
1: Yeah, no, he's done a couple so. other things. Uh I didn't really like his other stuff, but I I don't know. So there like there's a part where, you know, they're going to go into the warehouse so they play run through the jungle and I was like, "Ugh, okay." But then the part when the shot, the shot happens that starts, you know, the conflict between all of them. Yeah. I like that he does the slow-mo because this is going to, like, destroy everything that they were, like, working on in there. But then there's, like, this soft Latin, like, romantic music that's playing. And it is just so ill-fitting and so <laughs> over the top. I will say there are, there are moments that made me laugh pretty hard in this there's this one part where this older guy one of the guys who came in to like um ambush them he is like talking and he's giving away everything because he thinks he's gonna die and then someone shoots him in the head and he just like squeals and then yeah. dies like it's just like a really y- loud like yelp slash squeal yeah, and does. then he does it's funny <laughs> that every i like that everyone is Maimed in the sense that they're like, they're all stuck in their little positions saying stupid shit to each other, and then they're like crawling after each other. So there's like a kind of a fun chase scene, in quotes, when Noah Taylor is chasing after Brie Larson, but they're just like crawling at each other. Yeah. Um, it, that, that worked for me. <laughs> that I will, actually freaked me out. It's a short, simple movie <laughs> that has goofy. Ca- what did you say? That scene freaked you out?
2: Yeah,
1: it did. I mean,. Like a like well, a horror
2: movie? i mean it i mean anything like that's gonna give me anxiety, like there's a man crawling after you, and oh a okay. like, shot, and you have to okay crawl that fast context
1: sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, freak it out, man, I just uh I don't. <laughs>
1: I think overall it's a simple know. movie where there's a lot of gunshots and goofy characters. Like, that's going to keep me engaged for at least an hour and a half. Anything beyond that, I would have fallen asleep. So I'm going to give it a four. I think it's kind of average. Sh-
2: shout out to Army Hammer. He should do a lot more roles like that because he's just he's totally. good at being nonchalant funny. He's so good at it.
1: <laughs> he's usually, like, more dickish than he was in this, but, like, he just, that like role, networks? he just seemed like, yeah, exactly. It's because of his just voice. just seemed like I he think. was having so
0: much fun. Not even the way he looks; it's that his voice just sounds like this.
1: Fucking, it's
2: voice just is like so great. it's funny because he's like. Just kind of making fun of everybody throughout the whole movie. That's what I'm saying. And that's so needed. Yeah, he's like the commentary.
1: The for the whole movie, like each each little thing, he will just be like, "Why are you guys freaking out about this?" Or then he'll make. I also just love
2: how like huge he is, and they were all terrified of him. Like when what's his face uh, shot him, he was like, "Fuck, I shot him. He's gonna fucking kill me!" And he just starts demolishing people when he actually gets hit for the first time. He's the best part of this movie. He's so good.
0: Agreed.
1: Uh, all right. Well, what did you guys give it for spectacularity? We you went four. Layla went three. I went two. Oh wow! You guys hated it. All right. Well, let's talk about spectacularity uh, engagement level of Reservoir Dogs. Anyone want to go?
2: <laughs>
1: Nobody. Okay. I'll I will mean, go. I'll go.
2: I don't. I don't think I don't have like the. I don't. I, I don't know. I gave it a five, and I don't know how I feel Whoa, about that. Right, but I gave fuck it a five. Off. Um,
0: Interesting. Go.
2: I mean, I'm already questioning myself, guys. No need to be mean. Uh, I, I I teetered between a five and a six. But um, I don't know. I think it's really engaging. I think the way that the film, as I had said kind of in the beginning, I think the way that the film is paced is really smart. And a movie set in one place like this for so long can really disengage you. And when it's just a bunch of dialogue, you can get disengaged pretty quickly. So the fact that he's able to throw in these flashbacks and to like force you to try to figure out what like puzzle piece that together, what happened in this incident that they're talking about really is super, super engaging. Um, I just don't think that there's like, I don't know. I guess when I think of spectacularity, I do think of a little bit more of like big moments in a film that like are large and visual or that um, engage you in that way. And this is just such a dialogue-based movie that I like didn't feel like I could give it a higher score, but maybe I should convince me.
1: <laughs> I I just can't. I've seen this movie probably like 15 to 20 times, just so, so many times. Is this and your
2: favorite I, Quentin Tarantino movie?
1: No, not at all. But oh, okay. I just enjoy it. I am so engaged with it every time. And I think it's just the way that he paces this. And this is a problem that he's been having lately that we talked about on our once upon a time in Hollywood podcast. Uh... And I have that problem with hateful eight. His pacing has gotten bad, but back then he had a short, this is a short movie. It's under two hours. It starts with this incredible dialogue that you just wouldn't hear in other movies where they're talking about the, like a virgin thing. And then the tipping and, it also sets up each of the characters and their differences and how they interact and how they view the world, and so I'm I'm immediately engaged with that. Then it just skips to um, them like walking outside and then fucking uh, Mr. Orange shot. <laughs> they go to the warehouse. They don't know what the hell's going on. They think they were set up. You don't even know what the fuck happened, and you slowly get little bits of information, and then. You know, you get this, you know, I talked about the needle drop before, but like famously Tarantino spent his whole budget on Stuck in the uh, Middle with You by Steeler's Wheel. And it's such a like hilarious choice that he really needed that because that song doesn't have anything to do with the scene, but it works so well. And you get Mr. Blonde dancing. I mean, that's like... Every time I watch this movie, I'm so squeamish when I watch that scene. It's oh, so man. disturbing, and you don't even see it. You know, when he cuts off the ear, it it goes, it pans up. Uh, yeah. One of my favorite shots, but like, it, it's it's so engaging. I, I still fucking love being in that scene. And then, it's it's not only that. You get all these like. I mean, you get the reveal that Mr. Orange is a cop. You get the reveal that Mr. Orange was shot by, uh, like, this woman who was just, like, protecting yeah. her car. Not even a cop. <laughs> you get uh, the whole, like, like the different backstories and different people. Was so fucking cool. And then it has just one of the wildest endings to a movie. You know, the shootout, which I, I don't know if you guys noticed, but nice guy Eddie did not get shot by anybody. But he falls, and it's because his, like, blood uh thing uh, the the thing that's supposed to explode when you uh when you do like a fake gunshot it went off too early and so they just decided to go with it because it was such a good scene and probably because they didn't want to do another scene with lawrence Tierney and because he's so bad <laughs> to do go <laughs> but i love that ending and i love the when you first watch it it's like the mr pink gets away is so funny although yeah. if you listen closely he does not get away he gets caught. Yeah, by you the can hear of- the yeah. cops.
2: Yeah, you can hear the cops. Yeah, playing. I. Yeah, and I want to clarify. Like, uh, so I'll go up to a six because you're completely okay. right, and all of those things are great. I just, those are all like sp- like thrown in in different parts of the movie. But so much of the movie for me felt like it was just dialogue between Mister White and Mister Pink, and like especially in the beginning, in the first like forty five minutes of the movie, and I just. As I said, personally, kind of have a little bit of a hard time listening to Steve Buscemi talk for that long, and he just talks a lot in that first 45 minutes of the movie over and over and over again. So that, I mean, unfortunately for me personally, it kind of pulls me out of it a little bit because I'm like, someone needs to break him up. Like, I can't listen to him talk for this long, rambling, upset, anxiety, the way that he is. Um, But you're right. I mean, everything that you said is, this movie is one of a kind and spectacular and incredible. So it's a six. You convinced me.
1: Did you go seven, Gabe? Yeah, I'm fully engaged every time.
0: I think personally for me it's a 7. I think um, being objective, I had to move it down to a 6. Um, because I, I do think that it doesn't necessarily work for everybody. And I think that um, some of the Quentin Tarantino dialogue is not his best Quentin Tarantino-y dialogue. Some of yeah. it is, definitely. I agree with that. But I personally don't really like the opening scene to this movie. I think it's... Oh, the diner? I don't diner like the scene? diner scene. I think it's obnoxious. Oh, interesting. I think the idea of it is is fantastic. That it starts with this scene. It's super dumb that they're all in suits and then they're about to go like do a heist.
1: Yeah, that they look, they in public. look so obvious in public. And everyone yeah. would
0: be like, there were a bunch of guys in suits that did the heist. Yeah, they were all in the diner. They didn't even tip. They didn't even tip. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Well, like, they do tip, They do, one they of them do does
0: I just, uh, they talked a lot about not tipping. Yeah. I, I just think that it, it doesn't, it's, it's annoying. It's like obnoxious dialogue that turns people off, I think.
2: Yeah, I, com- I completely agree with that. I do think You're it works st- for some people. Yeah. It doesn't work for others. You're other
0: straight people, off the sure. bat being like, the dick was too big for Madonna. <laughs> it's like, okay, chill out, guys. We, yeah, We know dudes we know dudes
2: (laughs) dudes i I don't
1: know i i love listening to that dialogue but and i just can't like i can understand i guess if someone didn't but like something about that like just there's no movies like that it's so like to hear people talk like that is great there are i do think there are
0: other movies (laughs) yeah exactly
1: his other movies which are arguably better so we should talk about that now okay uh Let's in talk the about the legacy. Oh,
2: Legacy? Okay.
1: Yeah, let's talk about the. what's the <laughs> lasting legacy of this. How how did people respond? How has it aged over time? Things of that nature. Um, this is tough for me because you asked this, Layla, like if this was my favorite Tarantino. I think this is like my fourth favorite Tarantino. Yeah. Because Pulp Fiction is my favorite movie of all time. And then Jackie Brown in Glorious Bastards. I just Jackie love. Jackie Brown. Um, but I, I really like this. I just would say – and I do th- – this put Tarantino on the map. Like this – you know, he had written True Romance and, and some other things. But this really made this him it, this sure. like yeah. – this is exactly what created him. It's Started the chance that gave him Pulp Fiction. I just think that he has since passed – like he's just become so popular since then and with each movie and especially after pulp fiction which ended up getting nominated for best picture that i think that's where his legacy really starts even though this is like the thing that initially put him on the map um i think this this one had a huge impact on how other movies were made you know indie movies would be really dialogue heavy there's like a bevy of fucking films that are that just straight up copy this movie like Free Fire or you know there was like a period of time in the late 90s where a bunch of movies would be like you know wannabe Tarantino movies yeah. and you know that's gotta be something but I do I do think more things copied I actually think more things copied Pulp Fiction than they did Reservoir Dogs um, one, one random tidbit it popularized uh, character posters which you see all the time for movies now Um, this was like the one that made that a big thing. So that's gotta be a legacy in it of itself. I gave it a six out of seven.
2: That's what I gave it to. And I think you you basically covered everything. I was thinking while you were talking about how, while I was watching the movie, I kind of had a conversation in my head of like, and again, maybe this is me being naive and not knowing, but I feel like a lot of these actors didn't necessarily have like the career I wish they had. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I could see that with like Tim Roth.
2: Yeah, like Tim, because I saw I remember seeing Tim. Have Have you guys seen that movie Mister Right with Anna Kendrick? Dude, and, um
1: fuck that movie.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, so he's like that in that, which awful. is so random. I, it's so random that he's in that, and we don't need to talk about that movie. But like, it's so random that he's in that, I mean, and he's a, he's I also the like
1: bad guy in the Incredible Hulk. This is like so random, and he's like four and, like, foot yeah. five. Heart,
2: like, it's is it bad that when like Harvey's on screens, I think about yes. National Treasure? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's it's oh, Harvey you know I just
1: yeah. Is he national is he national treasure?
2: treasure? He's the FBI guy. Oh yeah. Oh, shit,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's better than thinking of him as taxi that, driver too. when he talks about fourteen year old pussy. Um, yeah. yeah. Not,
2: uh, not a good look. Try not to think about that. Um. Not yeah. A no. Good I, just, look, I, I was. I was thinking that while I was watching the movie cuz like this is such an acting and writing movie and like I I they definitely it put them on the map I think at that time but it's like it's interesting to see that in like older age they have not necessarily gotten to do a lot of really cool stuff which they're probably very capable of doing
1: yeah, I was always um, bummed that Michael Madsen kind of is only in Tarantino movies because he's yeah. so good yeah. in every Tarantino movie. Yeah,
2: he's such a, like, and he's he's so good in this movie as, like, playing a freak and, like, a psychopath and just, like, making you feel that and loving him at the same time. Like, yeah. it's it's good. He's he's a really good character actor. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so like obviously everything you said about Legacy, I gave it a six. Um, I think it's like one of those very talked about Quentin Tarantino movies. It might not be anybody's favorite, but it's talked about. Like when you talk about and reference him, this is a known Quentin Tarantino movie. interesting you
0: guys went six. I went seven. I think that this is like one of the greatest independent films ever made.
2: But see, I just think that like I think I, I think, think that more of Pulp Fiction than I think that yeah, me too. with Reservoir Dogs.
0: Interesting. But think about all the eighth grade boys that watch this and were like, damn, the movies are <sighs> fucking sick. Yeah, but
1: think about all the eighth grade boys that then watch Pulp Fiction and was like, wow, that's like fucking incredible. That might be the best movie of all time.
0: Yeah, but But my. But you're
2: saying it started with Reservoir Dogs, and that's why they watched Pulp Fiction.
1: Yeah, but what I said, though. (laughs) Yeah, but what me, 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 me. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. You know what? It feels like Pulp Fiction is just like the completed form of Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. For me.
0: It's the Charizard to Reservoir Dogs Charmeleon.
1: Is that the middle one? That's the middle one. Yeah. Who was... All right, boys. Tight. (laughs) It's fire, literally. Yeah, fire. let's just talk about Pokemon for the rest of this. Um, yeah, so, but you gave <laughs> it a seven, Nick. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, that's fair. I just I,
2: which I think is fair.
1: It's tough. I would almost give all of his movies, his early movies, a seven. Uh, let's talk about the leg- let's, let's finish off with the legacy for Free Fire, which is none. It doesn't really have a legacy. I went, uh, I went
0: honestly a one.
1: I did. Two. I gave it a one. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. I just, cool. The thing is, like, here is the easiest way you to guys, put this. This even is... though there was like a good response. <laughs> Even though, like, people like it, and I actually just oh. saw the other day IMDb on Instagram had, they were answering people like people's questions and stuff, and someone said, uh, what are three underrated movies? And this was one of the ones that IMDb put on their Instagram story, which I just was like, sure, I guess. Underrated? It's- it like I, a think it, it I mean, it's like not un- unknown.
2: I saw some pretty bad reviews when I read shit about this movie. Yeah. Uh, it's not like crit- it lost- I mean, it-
1: go ahead. It lost $2 million too. It's like, it's oh, it did? Like it's <laughs> yeah. for
0: sure a one then. I didn't look at that.
1: I have a simple way of putting this there is a movie that exists with Brie Larson, Killian Murphy, and Army Hammer that almost no one knows about.
2: Let's be clear, guys. I did not know this movie existed before this episode. I had never exactly. seen it. I had never heard it of it. I had, to, I had to text our group chat and say, is this the movie with Brie Larson and Army Hammer? Because I, I didn't know. I was very confused. Yeah. I've never heard of this movie before.
1: I think it's a cool hidden gem. I think if you want to just like watch a movie for what? I would rather watch <laughs> Dude, this. I would rather turn my brain off and watch this than watch like Wonder Wonder Woman Woman 84 and fucking turn my brain off. (laughs) Because I couldn't turn my brain off with that. It would make me so angry. I just, this is like, I like these type of movies when these kind of silly, stupid movies more than big budget, silly, stupid movies, you know?
2: For sure. And I think, but that's more like spectacularity, right? Like how it like engages you like that. But this is just, it doesn't have a good legacy. No one talks about it. It's not known. No. I, it's on Netflix and like I had no idea. <laughs> like it never ended up on the front page. I've never seen it before. It was like the
1: first few weeks it was on there and then it just disappeared. Oh, I remember really? seeing the yeah. trailer and thinking this movie was going to be really cool. And then I watched- I could
2: easily see that with how many incredible actors are in this yeah. movie.
1: I don't know. What, should we finish there? We What's should. the final tally, Nick? <laughs> we should
0: finish with what might be one of the largest- Point spreads that we've had ever on this, which, podcast. which is
1: so interesting because this isn't like the worst movie we've done. It's it does just
2: not that fit, like up against just one. an incredible. Yeah. It, it movie. does not. Yeah. It's,
0: it does not fit well into the categories we've we've made. No, for movies. definitely not. Uh,
1: Arbitrary ass categories.
0: Ninety four for Reservoir Dogs. Just out of 105, nine po- Just so nine good. points off of perfect.
1: Makes sense. That's great. At a thirty eight. <laughs> and a 38 a 38 boo fire. out of 105 yeah it's really oh my long. god and it's 11 it points only off the broke, score, by the way, it
0: only broke it only broke double digits in one category and that was a 10 in actoring oh yikes okay to be fair
1: <laughs> to this movie I don't think it's that bad it's really but... not
2: to be fair to this movie I do think it's that bad
1: oh interesting I thought it was just like an average movie
2: <laughs> I think I think if I want to just sit here and say like It's comical to talk about it now, and I have a good time making fun of all the bullshit. Sure, that's fun. I think I just watched. It's not a good movie. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's not a good movie. I just don't think it's bad. Like I've just watched so many fucking bad movies in the past few years that I just could not put this on the same.
2: I just feel like it's almost harder to compare to bad movies, though, because bad movies try to create a storyline, and this movie didn't have a storyline. That's a fair point.
1: I think that's like a fair it just was a shoot out. point. Uh point. <laughs> well, we don't need to do accolades because they would just all go to <gasps> Pulp Fiction characters anyways, but uh, do you guys have any recommendations of, like, other things like these movies or anything you oh, think people should watch? Um, I just watched The Gentleman,
0: and I didn't hate it.
1: Oh, Layla uh, and I really yeah. liked it. that's a good movie. I yeah. don't know why. So I, I think it's, like, if you like Guy Ritchie, it's such a, like, quintessential Guy Ritchie movie now. It's like, it just feels so much. He's like a controversial
2: in- creator though. For sure. So forewarning to people that he like makes films in a very specific way. He writes dialogue and like moves things quickly move in a way that not fast. everyone loves. So I would if you start watching it and worry, I mean, that's why
1: <laughs> I think if you're going to do Guy Ritchie, def- definitely start with snatch because snatch is his best movie. Hmm. Um, Brad Pitt is just amazing in that movie as a pikey. Uh, if you've never seen Snatch, either of you, that's just crazy to me. Uh, one of my favorites of all time.
2: I mean, I've seen Snatch. But oh. The Gentleman, to go back, Nick, yeah. is a is a great suggestion. It's a great movie, and it also kind of ties into like a lot of the same... Yeah. I don't know.
0: I watched yeah, it the day it after about. I watched Free Fall, <clears throat> and I was like, this is better, but it's not Reservoir Dogs.
1: Yeah. No. <laughs> I recommend a lot of people haven't seen True Romance which was oh, yeah. Tarantino's, yeah. like, early, uh, one of his OG. early screenplays. Um, but it was made by Tony Scott. I fucking love that movie. And I really recommend you watch that movie and then listen to the rewatchables on it because that's my favorite rewatchables episode. Uh, that movie is on the Ringer. Yeah, on the <clears throat> Ringer. Uh, not from our podcast network. Uh, <laughs> Are are blooming one do you one. What about, do you
2: have like a can you do a top five of Quentin Tarantino movies right now Gabe
1: yeah on the oh, spot done that before. Pulp Fiction Jackie Brown Inglorious Bastards Reservoir Dogs Kill Bill Volume 1 Once Upon a Time in Hollywood <coughs> Kill Bill Volume 2 uh, Hateful Eight and then Grindhouse
2: going go past five um, that oh sorry I did top- all of them <laughs> the top, yeah, the top four or five you said is mine as well. Except I flip. Inglorious. Um, no. Did you oh, know? sorry, I missed
1: Django. Sorry, you Django's my Jango. number five. Yeah, Django I like okay. more than Kill Bill.
2: Wait, did you say Once Upon a Time before
0: Once Upon a Time was six? So I said it would now be Once
1: seven. Upon a Time before Kill Bill Volume Two. But honestly, hmm. I don't know if I even th- agree with that.
2: Oh, I I do. I would do Kill Bill before Reservoir Dogs. That's what you did. You did oh, Reservoir okay. Dogs first.
1: Interesting. Yeah. I like Kill Bill. It just, I I gave it like almost perfect scores when we did Kill Bill on the podcast. Um, I just it works with our categories a lot. I just it's not my favorite by him. Mm-hmm. I like his more dialogue heavy movies. Uh, yeah. What about you, Nick? Is yours? Yeah. Yours is pretty similar, isn't it? yeah this I think glorious first
0: yeah I put in glorious first and then it's pretty much the same
1: as That's yours after that <clears throat> nice I'm loving glorious yeah Um. well we'll do more Tarantino we will always do Tarantino we got so many there's so many directors I want to do um, just like so bad I want to do them so hard okay. uh, <laughs> wow <laughs> right. next week we are going to be going a little bit lighter we're gonna do Pixar films we're gonna do the Pixar. new hit film Soul which if you don't like Uh, if you haven't watched and you don't like it uh, you're a bad person and we're letting you know that ahead of time Uh, and we're gonna do (laughs) I'm just kidding you cannot like it Uh, and we're gonna do it against Inside Out a splendid spectacular uh, Pixar movie and it's going to be a close Have you
2: guys one. done animated yet?
1: No, this is going to be our first animated.
2: That's yes, awesome. Even
1: though our 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 friend uh, Mike had asked us to do Bug's Life and Ants at like the beginning, so we got to oh do that soon, God. which would be so great. But Ants, the hit film with Woody Allen. Um Layla, so glad that you are on our instagram we are going all right uh, you that you're on so our podcast glad that you're on our we are going you're on our to <laughs> speaking of instagram we're going to be changing our podcast art to include layla in it so it's not just our two stupid oh, ugly faces it's her beautiful face with our two stupid ugly faces and you can follow us on instagram we're on instagram.com slash facing off pod <laughs> uh, i am struggling to speak we're also on Twitter, look us up, facingoffpod. Pod, and you could send us an email if you really want to. facingoffpodcast at gmail.com. Uh do you guys have a send-off? You do, so you do it. Oh fuck, I think they <laughs> shot Harry in the ass. <laughs> <laughs>